In this week's episode of Story Inter, we'll be discussing the win against Fiorentina and the win against Sampdoria. We'll be previewing the Cagliari match, this week's Moji, Frog and Moratti, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. <laughs> Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo e lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter, l'Inter vince. E Dillo, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa, campioni d'Europa. I più forti siamo noi. Benvenuti, bentornati to another episode of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, wishing you all uh, a happy week uh, and a happy Wednesday or Thursday night, depending on where you are when you're listening to this, what day it is. Um, we, uh, since last time we recorded, we've, Inter have been going on a, on a, on a winning spree. Uh, but before we get to that, I'd like to welcome our uh, Semprint.com's own uh, preview uh, uh, writer, uh, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Hey, good evening, everyone, or good morning, whatever. Great to be back on. Last week, when we were on, you said you were fucking happy. Are you fucking happy, or are you just happy? <laughs> I am fucking happy, for sure. Okay, uh, okay good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mind your manners, because we are... We have to mind our manners and our language because we're joined by a lovely lady. She's uh, one of the best uh, sports writers, I think, uh, out there about, who writes about Italian football in English. Um, she writes, she's a regular writer for the Sportsman and Tifa Football. You, 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 should, you, can, you can have heard her be, talk about the Il Calcio on Five Live Sport, uh, Love Sport Radio, uh, making her studio inter debut. Welcome, Miss uh, Chloe Beresford. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's great to be on. Well, I think it's it's really nice to have you, and it's the first time you're coming on. And and to be fair, I mean, it's not you know we we did bring you're a Fiorentina fan. You might as well just out there on. I got to say, it's really strong of you to come on an Interpod after, <laughs> after that after that game. So kudos for that as well. <laughs> well, I right. could I could I could have cried off, but no, I, I decided <laughs> to brave it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're a tough cookie. I can tell you. I can say that. <laughs> Anyone who's ever met you knows that you're tough. Although, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that you left so early that night at the Football Blogging Award. I know, I know. <laughs> but everybody oh. was so drunk. <laughs> indeed, indeed we were. And that's why I thought you'd, you'd tough it out. But I guess I, uh, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll talk about that off air then. <laughs> uh, right. Um, right. Well, let's get into it. Um, uh, let's get to it. Uh, Fiorentina yesterday at the San Siro. Uh, traditionally a place where, Inter, uh, where Fiorentina have struggled. Um, and a game that usually promises a lot of goals and it's a lot of open play, but that game was anything but um, uh, open play. In, in it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty evenly matched. Um, uh, I, I'm keen to hear what your what your thoughts are about the game as a whole. Okay. Um, I think it's important to realise. Uh, I think Inter and Fiorentina are, are two teams coming from very different places. Obviously, Inter have spent a lot of money in the transfer window. They're in the Champions League and they've got really big ambitions. Uh, whereas Fiorentina, the summer before last, they went through a big rebuild and they've got the youngest team in Europe. And it's very much uh, a process. Um, and, you know, overall, I think Fiorentina did really well. They gave a good account of themselves. Um, and, you know, it, it was it was a shame about the result, but... A sort of a taking a step back and looking past that, um, I think they can be proud of themselves. And, and certainly in the first five, ten minutes, they, they really were positive, which is something that Stefano Pioli really advocates and attacking. And, and they, you know, into were on the ropes for that, for that very early period. Um, but I think after that, their experience and quality just started to tell a little bit. Um, and, you know, they started to get more of a hold on the game. But it, it was, you know, it was obviously frustrating for a Fiorentina fan like me, but it, it was a very entertaining game, I must say. 
Um, Mo, I'm going to hand you up to Mo. you have anything you want to ask you, Chloe? Yeah, so uh, Chloe, I, you know, Fiorentina is one of those sides that generally, like the casual uh, European football fan, has a pretty soft, for, soft spot for ever since the Batistuta Nintendo days, uh, you know. And uh, you've gone through some pretty unlikable permutations over the last couple of years. I wasn't very fond of the Montella Fiorentina. For me, maybe maybe because Stefano Pioli, for most Inter fans, uh, still carries a bit of a soft We have a bit of a soft spot in our hearts for. Um, How do you feel about this current project? Is this a likable Fiorentina for you? Is this, you know, like when you compare it to Montella or Sosa's, yeah, um, I, I actually I actually liked Fiorentina under Montella. I, I thought they were um, really sort of fun to watch. Uh, I hated Paolo Souza. I just thought he was just the worst, the worst coach ever. And it, it, it wasn't fun to watch the team anymore. So, um, you know, when the summer before last, they sold off a, lo- a load of the popular players. Um, and it, it was tough because the owners are notoriously penny pinchers. They don't like to uh, invest in the team. Um, and, you know, they, it, it, it wasn't, it, you know, like Borka going over to you guys. And uh, it, it wasn't, it really wasn't popular. Um, but then in came Pioli and he'd played for the club before. He understood how the fans worked and, and they, you know, uh, the sporting director, Pantaleo Corvino, sort of handpicked him for this very specific project, which was developing these younger and on cheaper wages players. Um, and, you know, the project in itself, whilst I don't really agree with doing things on the cheap the way the owners are doing, it has turned out to be a really interesting one and, um, it's created a real bond between the supporters and the team because they're eager to see these young players grow and, and do well and, yeah. and start to blossom. Um, if we, uh, speaking of Pioli and that, uh, I mean, you and I, if anyone who follows you and me on Twitter, Chloe, knows that you and I are absolutely, we always talk about these amazing clothes and how damn look oh, good they look on Pioli yeah, as well. It's, it's, so tailor, it's so smart. That, yeah. that tailor, that tailor, Cut that, that tailor cut um, purple vest he's got going. Oh my god, I'd kill for I that. I mean, yeah, it looks so <laughs> damn good. Yeah. Right, I, want, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about yesterday's game because I know um, I've seen a lot of people talk about this. Um, I mean, I'm not going to ask you about what you think if it was a penalty or not because clearly you don't think it was a penalty, but mm-hmm. I am keen to under, I'm keen to hear what you think about the VAR because I mean, since the start of the season, the way the VAR has been implemented like it was yesterday, is not how it was implemented in, in the first few games. That's mm-hmm. at least my interpretation. How, what about yours? Um, I actually quite like VAR. Um, I think that since the World Cup, it has been um, a more streamlined process. And I think, you know, the long delays that we saw last year um, have been tidied up a lot. Um, I think I, I saw um, Sampdoria Inter uh, and, you know, I, I actually wrote about it and, and said that um, the decisions that were made were correct, in my opinion, and um, it didn't affect the excitement of that last 15 minutes. I thought it was a real thrilling end to the game. Um, and, um, I, you know, I do, I do think in general uh, that we get more correct results from it. Uh, I know there have been some controversial incidents with, with Inter this season, but um, if we look at the whole, I do think that it is, it is um, better in, in less, less um, calls that are, are wrong in general. Well, I, I mean, that, that's a fair point. But I mean, I think the criticism, uh, or at least what I've been critical towards, is the fact that against Sassuolo and Parma, the VAR was not even used. The, yeah. the, this, this new definition of clear and obvious error, the, the referees didn't know how to interpret that. And after having been criticized and, you know, this having been rehashed over, then they went back to what they did last season. And they started doing that with the game against uh, Inter Santoria that round, round five. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of the criticism from an Inter perspective has been that, well, why, you know, the, the lack of consistency. Um, mm. Do you think that, like, what is your take on that? Yeah, I think obviously there have been mistakes. Um, 
and you, you're right in the fact that it's it's not quite consistent. But I do I do think that the referees probably need a little bit clearer guidance as to exactly how they're going about this. Uh, and, and if they have got that clear guidance, then they need to be applying it better. Um, you know, it 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 needs it needs to leave. You know, like the the decision uh, for the goal against Sampdoria when it had crossed the byline when he crossed the ball, um, that was that was clear. And and that's what VAR should be for. That it's stopping something like that, uh, where fans afterwards, you know. Mm. Put pictures up on Twitter of the board cross the line. Yeah, you yeah. know it's that's what it's for. It's supposed to stop things like that. So um, they, 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 I, there I, are problems. I admit, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any interistas uh, bones to pick with VAR. I mean, we, I think everyone in general, whenever you watch like a Champions League or a, or a Premiership match now, you're like, it feels like it's a game being played in the Stone Age. You know? Yeah, uh, I agree. Without VAR. But the the problem was the problem wasn't the Sampdoria game. The problem is the Sampdoria game fo- followed the Sassuolo game, and the mm-hmm. Sassuolo game. I, I think I think that that was the watershed moment for the re the re reinterpretation of VAR uh, this season. You know, uh, was it Sassuolo or Parma? Parma, Parma, Parma. yeah, Parma, 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 game. Yeah, Parma game, yeah, yeah, the Parma, the handball. That, that was that was uh, Gianluca Rocchi. He was the VR uh, VR in chief for that game. I remember correctly, and I think the fact the combination of Rocky versus a clear a clear penalty not being given for Inter that should have been spotted by VAR is is what raised you know got 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 the Interisti up in arms and, and, and mm-hmm. I think since then the Fiorentina the Sampdoria game has been you know it it left a bit of a bitter taste in Interisti's mouth because. It was two goals not given versus a penalty just in the last game that we had lost, not given either. But then come yesterday, and you know, so I, I, I think if, if things if things go the, the same way all through the season as they have done in the Sampdoria game and yesterday's game, I'm okay with the VAR. Mm-hmm. I I don't I I, I I think it's really interesting what you both raise. I think for me, like. I mean, the way the VAR was used yesterday uh, between Inter and Fiorentina and also Sampdoria and Inter is exactly how I want the VAR to be used. My problem was the, what I was critical to was, was against Sassuolo and against Parma, which I think was a complete travesty. Um, for me, for me, the, um, the, the VAR used yesterday, I mean, it's one thing, I mean, if the referee goes out, has a look at it, and then based on his criteria decides that it's a penalty, we can disagree on that on the face of the decision that whether or not it's a penalty or not. You mean obviously you don't think it was a penalty. He thinks mm-hmm. it does. That, that's that's fair enough. I mean, there's always yeah. going to be. There's, I mean, there's always going to be that element of per, you know how a person sees things and and how they interpret it. And and that you can both you know you can argue it both ways. You see, that's I don't have a problem with that with with something like that if it goes for or against my team. What I do have a problem with is when the VAR technology is used, but it's not allowed to be used because of some sort of stupid bureaucratic rule. That mm-hmm. that's kind of that was my Rocky. That was my Rocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but no, it's like that's my criticism of it. I yeah, mean, it needs it, this. It, it's there. It's there to be used, and it must be used. Exactly. It's, yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Um, I wanted to ask you also before we let you go. Um, yesterday, before the match, uh, I was uh, as we always do. Uh, Auxilio always talks, or someone from the inter hierarchy always talks uh, before the games. And this is the first time I've ever seen anyone uh, since they started doing this. Um. It's. I've never seen them not talk about the game they're going to play or the situation at the club, but spend the entire interview love bombing the opposition player, <laughs> which is exactly what Piero Auxilio was doing about Federico Chiesa. I mean, what what does that tell you? Is 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 is, is he a, is he a done deal to Inter? I mean, what was that all about? Um, I I, I wouldn't have thought so um, based on. Um, what I know of him from Fiorentina um, and and the sort of um, plan that his father has got in place for him. I mean, obviously he's um, highly coveted. He's a, he's very talented for his age. Um, he's still a, still a lot more room for him to develop. Um, he sometimes, as we saw last night, he makes the wrong decision. 
Um, and, you know, it, it, he's he's so very clearly talented, but um, he has got work to do. Uh, so I think from his father's point of view, the family um, are not from Florence, but ever since the end of Enrico Chiesa's playing days, they've based themselves in Florence. Federico's been there since he was three. Uh, his brother is also in the youth academy. Um, and I don't think that is an accident. I think he, his father has wanted him to grow and develop in Florence. And then after he's sort of blossomed into the player we know he can be, then maybe they might think about a move. But I don't think, um, you know, the family is not short of money you know, because his father was a professional footballer. Um, and I think they're going to be very careful about waiting because we've seen players... Uh, leave before and then not get into their new teams and 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 then he wouldn't um, mature into the pl player that you know he should do. So um, I'm a bit. I've heard his father say that he would like him to stay for at least another season after the end of this one. So I'm personally a little bit sceptical about any uh, transfer move sort of in the near future. But um, you know that that doesn't stop teams like Inter sort of highly highly desiring him you know and talking about him because they want to say come to inter don't they you know they want to try and persuade him to make that move and, and make it sooner rather than later well alcilio not only wanted to persuade him he was talking about that Kiesa comes from a good family and he's well-mannered. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's I mean, buttering was, up the family as well. <laughs> he's I mean, he really was. It was, it was a love-bombing of the Kiesa clan. And, and one that I, I mean, he was talking about how he comes from a good family. He's got a good... Uh, he's, he's, he's got well... He's well-mannered. He's been pulled mm. up the right way. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, did we, did, did we just... You know, are we back in Victorian Britain now? <laughs> and and it's, are you coming to, you know, marry your daughter away? What's going on? Um, yeah. It was, it was really, it was really weird. Um, right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Chloe, again. And if no problem at all. And if people want to find you, what's your Twitter handle? Um, it's at Chloe J Beresford on Twitter. And I can really recommend uh, following Chloe. She's a, uh, she's got excellent taste in fashion, and. Uh, <laughs> Almost as, uh, and, and uh, she's got excellent taste in sort of in football. Um, <laughs> but no, I was just kidding. It was great having you on. Um, yeah, thank you thanks so much. very much. Take care. Bye. 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 Right, uh, before we leave the uh, Fiorentina game, um, I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit, um, or, uh, I wanted to hear your thought about the, the penalty. Do you think it was a penalty? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I love talking with you, Mo. You never hold back. <laughs> Fuck yeah! No, look. I, I mean, you, you know, it's a soft penalty is a penalty. Like you, you summed it up uh, very, very well when you spoke to Chloe just now. You said, uh, you know, we can disagree about we can disagree about the ruling of the of the of the referee on the actual incident, but the incident is there for VAR and for everyone to see. It touched yeah. his outstretched right. arm in the penalty box. You know, there's. There's, there's no doubt in these facts. Now, whether or not a referee would give this, you know, he would, would intend to play a role or not, eh, you know, potato, potato. Right? Exactly. exactly. I agree. 100%. So maybe, maybe someone else would have let it go, but by rule of law, outstretched arm, arm in unnatural position inside the penalty box, it hits and changes the, changes the direction of a ball direction that might ball, have yeah. been going, you know, might have been going towards uh, an inter striker with a scoring opportunity. It's a penalty. You can't argue soft penalty, maybe okay, but still a penalty. It's not. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a scandalous decision for sure. No, I mean, I and, and again, let's not forget the D'Ambrosio incident was uh, was was you know was a penalty as a even more clear cut penalty. Uh, he got uh, his he got tripped up on both feet from behind, fell flat on his face, and that wasn't spotted by VAR either. So really, there was another penalty. Uh, Shot earlier in the match for Inter. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I mean, you know, I sympathise with with Fiorentina fans uh, in the, in the sense that it, it is it is a soft penalty, but in the grand scheme of how the match went and how things were, uh, very deserved lead coming out coming out at least of the first half. Mm.
I, I, I think um, for me, um, I, I can see, I, I, as I said before, I, I just like the way the VAR was used. I like the fact that it was used the way it was used. I like the fact when the referee takes time out to really look at it. We may not agree with his assessment, but at least it's being used. And, and that, that's kind of what I want. And the same goes for the, for the Sampdoria game, even though the VAR was ultimately used against Inter's favor. But I, I much rather see VAR being used that way than, than, you know, the farce that it was the week before. I don't want to, I don't want, I mean, for me, when it comes to the Sampdoria game, uh, I don't want to win that way. I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I, even though Asamoah's goal was beautiful, even though, yeah. you know, and I, and I, and it was gorgeous, I don't want to win like that. To me, that's, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that, that, I don't, I don't want to win like that. That's just, that's just not how I want to win. I want to win fair and square. You know, you've got the lines for a reason. I don't want it to be someone's incompetence. You know, I don't, I don't want to win like that. I'm not a Juve fan. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to win games that way. Um, so, so for me, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a clear cut thing. Uh, I, I like the way it was used. My problem, you know, again, is the consistency comparing to the Parma game, especially with Di Marco. I mean, the blocking of Andanovic, so when he's offside, the handball on Di Marco, the penalty, uh, and then, you know, it was thousands of things. And then the Sassuolo game as well, when Asamoa was, uh, was judged to, to, to have brought, uh, yeah. yeah, and, and, you know, that, that penalty, I mean, no, no, I mean, to me, those are that. That's what I don't like about it. But but the fact that the v, when the VAR is used to to make to make justice, I have absolutely no problems with it whatsoever. And I think most, uh, I, most uh, go for it. Yeah. Just uh, in case you wanted to wrap up the Fiorentina game, I just wanted to make a one one quick note that I was, I, I've been wanting to talk about. Uh, and that's uh, the Keita Valde substitution. I mean, we, I, I don't know exactly what happened at the end of the game and Spalletti's anger with, uh, with Keita, but that substitution, uh, I was so happy to see, you know, because uh, Politano had come on for Kandreva, hadn't he? And yeah. then, you know, like we saw Kandreva's, he had a pretty decent first half, even though it wasn't fantastic, but he had a decent first half. Then he, he started you know, going into down that black hole of incompetence that he goes in, and immediately Spalletti's no nonsense, take him off, put Politano on, and then Vecino, who had who had also had a pretty decent first half, started you know mispassing in his work rate, and you think you know he takes Vecino off and puts Valero on, you know maybe substitutes uh, Galliardini on, and for the first time in a long time, I saw Spalletti take a really gutsy. Uh, Make a really gutsy substitution. It wasn't a man for man, you know. And uh, I, I, I was very, very happy. I, I was ha- very happy the fact that you know uh, he has the confidence in the team. He has the solutions on the bench, and he has and the, and he has the faith of the players and faith in the players to be able to make such a substitution. You know, shove put uh, Raja a bit back behind. Uh, Keita occupies that space. Behind the Cardis, throw uh, Perisic onto the right. It was it was a really really nice it was really really nice move. And I, I don't think I've seen Spalletti been able, let alone you know, attempt to use something like that in the last year and a half or so. Shouldn't we um, shouldn't we a uh, little bit talk about the Keita Baldi incident? What happened there? You want to like? I, I have no idea. I... Okay, so, no. So so... Match uh, apparently was berating uh, Keita Balde somehow for some reason he was telling him I don't know I, I don't know what I what I what I mean I don't know I don't know what the, what what triggered off that incident you know and then uh, Keita got really upset and apparently he was almost crying in tears and uh, D'Ambrosio had to go and console him uh, but what what the trigger was I don't know if you know let me know please uh, you know enlighten me. No, I don't know what the trigger was, but I, I, I don't think anyone knows. But apparently, it wasn't a big deal because he was consoled by his teammates and they sort of worked it out um, afterwards. Apparently, there's no, there's no yeah. problem, there's no issue um, because apparently afterwards, um, I think uh, he, uh, I think uh, Spalletti said something along the lines of, uh, "Let's, uh, let's go in, let's go to the." Let's go to the dressing room and fight in there, and uh, then make them be friends or something like that. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is the kind of guy he is. He seems to be um, his leadership style seems to be very similar to that of one of the boys kind of thing. He he's a very passionate and he's a very 
you know, affectionate and passionate and, 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 you know, uh, guy, fiery guy, which I yeah. think the players appreciate because it makes them feel like he's one of them and they're one of him. And, and I think that when you have that situation and that leadership style, you are always going to have some, some people, you know, butting heads. But as long as they resolve it, I have no problems with that at all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, but speaking of, uh, I just wanted to talk about Vecino a little bit because I was, yeah, oh me my too, me too. God, yeah. I mean, w- yeah. this guy, his, the first, I mean, I am glad that what, ha- in a way I'm glad it happened the way it did against Fiorentina because I've been waiting for this ticking bomb to explode yeah. pretty much since the Tottenham game. When he is bad, I mean, people say that when Icardi is bad, he's awful. Oh my God, Vecino, Vecino can't even, doesn't know what positioning is. He can't dribble, he can't shoot, he can't, he can't do anything. When he's, when he loses it, it's just, you're playing with one man, with, with one man less than the, the opposing, the opposing, the opposition. What, I mean, he was single-handedly, I mean, I'm saying, yeah, sure, Inter were not good at all. I mean, the aggra- their aggressivity, their aggressive, their pressure, everything was gone. But Vecino left Brozovic to hung out to dry, literally, for the first 25 minutes in the second half. And I was yeah. so relieved when, you know, and that's why I was so annoyed a little bit with Spalletti, that he waited so long to take him out. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I'm glad that when he did take him out, he, he made such a, such an offensive attacking, cause I was expecting Galliardini to come on. And instead he brings on yeah. Keita Balde. And that, that to me is a good signal. And that, that's again, that's, that's, that, that, that's again speaks to this guy's character that he, he's, he tell, he does not let anyone in the team not know what he thinks and wants. He is very clear. And when you have clarity from leadership, that's when a group works really well. And you can see that at this Inter. And, and I know that people are criticizing Spalletti. I mean, he's never won anything, this and that and the other. Personally, I think that's, that's nonsense because he's not there to win anything. He's there to get Inter to be a top team and top four team, you know, consistently over, over a period of time and maybe, you know, win a Coppa Italia or, or go through to the Champions League regularly. You know, he's not supposed to win the Serie A this season and anyone who expected that is just delusional and, and is fooling themselves or, or the Inter fan base because that, that is just not logical, uh, to, to expect that. Uh, from a team yeah. that's in the past decade has finished seventh and sixth and fifth and sixth and fifth and seventh. I mean, that, that's just not, that's just not, you know, that, that's not, a, that's not a reasonable expectation. Um, so, so for me, I'm, I'm really happy to see how Spalletti is, is really running this team, uh, and the way he's, he's really leading this team. And it's the first time since Mourinho, it gives me Mourinho vibes, his leadership and the way he gets the players to unite behind him, even when they fight. There, it's like a family falling out. You know what I mean? And and to me, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's 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 the um, that's the most positive aspect I think of this of this uh, of his leadership. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more, and I I, I particularly agree about this. You know, you know, I think I, I think his style of play in itself does him a disservice because even when he's doing very well, he's the kind of player where, you know, by him working well, you don't really notice him. You only notice him when he kind of screws up. Because his job originally is basically to move the ball, to always be there for Brozovic, to be able to find the easy pass, Brozovic or anyone else. On you know that, that's his job. He's there for an easy outlet and then move the ball forward or give it to Brozovic to move to move forward. You know, so that's that's he plays he plays a very different role to Gagliardini. But when he's bad, like you said, that's when you really notice him. You know, like you you expect like if if we're overloading the flanks. And Brozovic is standing, you know, right outside the the, the, the uh, opposition's penalty box, and you want someone to continue inside in the box with Icardi. It's got to be him. And Gagliardini consistently does that. He does that run into the box to give us that extra man inside. But Vecino has always been lost. He's either playing the ball on the right with Candreva and D'Ambrosio, and you're like, what the hell are you doing there, man? Go, go, give support inside the 18-yard box. Or he tries to carry the ball himself for like 30 yards and. Inevitably, it gets, he loses the ball, mispasses it, or, you know. So, yeah, the first, the first 20 or 20 minutes or so of the second half were abysmal from him. But the first half was, was decent, you know. It was okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think it's, 
No, I, I agree with you. Uh, you really notice him when he's bad. He's one of those players that you really, really notice. And it can be so frustrating, too, because he was pissing everyone off at the San Siro, or the majority of the fans of the San Siro, who were just like, dude, wake up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about him is that uh, I think, you know, given the fact that he's he is he's a very mobile player in the sense that he moves and runs a lot and he's good in the air and when the fact that he runs from midfield into the box that from deep that makes him really difficult to stop and mark and that's why he gets into these goal scoring uh, situations and that's something Inter have been lacking and that's something I want to see him do more um, and, and, and that's something that I, I think he needs to do more. But then again, you have to remember, you know, that was his third game in less than a week. He's probably, he's probably, yeah. he was in the world, he was in the World Cup as well. He went to the quarterfinals with Uruguay, played all the matches. So this guy's pretty tired. And I think that's why also, you know, you should cut him some slack and think that, you know, maybe we should attribute a little bit of his, his him losing his head to fatigue, um, as yeah. well. Uh, so, so, um, yeah, no, but so, but I, I'm, I'm positive that guy, and there's no way he will be playing against Cagliari or starting at least. I think for me, that's Gagliardini has to play because I want to see him next to Brozovic, who ever since the Tottenham game has been, oh my God, <laughs> what is going on? I mean, the way he dictates the pace of a football match in that midfield. It's it's just delicious to watch. I mean, it's one gorgeous pass after another, and the way it, it, it's it, now. I mean, if he continues like this, then yeah, this is Thiago Motta's replacement. We finally have replaced Thiago Motta, and if he continues like this, he's going to be one of the best in the world in that position because his 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 pass completion rate is ridiculously. I mean, the number of passes he he attempts and the amount of them he actually completes. Is like I think the second person I think the, the second person in that stat in in the Serie A is, is 30% behind him. I mean it, it's Brozovic, 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 Brozovic in the top ten, and then there's someone else, and that's amazing because yeah. there's, there's no shortage of midfield talent in the Serie A this season. Um, so no, I'm I'm really impressed, and that's something again we got to. I mean, how many coaches have we not had who tried to figure the 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 Brozovic uh, conundrum out? Riddle, yeah. the riddle. But Spalletti did it. Spalletti did it, and yeah. this guy is turning into one of the best in the world. And uh, uh, before we, uh, yeah, and, and just uh, speaking of uh, that, um, obviously for for his uh, performance in the Santoria game, Semprinter.com's readers voted him the man of the match um, uh, 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 against uh, against the Santoria, a whopping sixty-seven percent um, uh, of the vote. And I think he deserved it. I think he was brilliant. Um, who do you think came second in that game? By voters. I would say probably Asaboa. You're absolutely right. Uh, 17.3% of the vote. And, uh, Milan Skriniar third with 4%. So those two were, so those two were on their own. Um, if we move to the, uh, to this, to the uh, Fiorentina game, uh, we have 35.9% of the vote uh, went to the winner, Danilo D'Ambrosio, who I think is well-deserved. I also saw him as the man of the match. I think this was his best performance since in an Inter shirt ever. I think his first yeah. half was, was, was phenomenal. And he followed that up by, by being really, really good in the, in, in, the second, in the second half and scoring that winner as well. Um, and, and if we can get a D'Ambrosio that plays at this high level, you know, I'm the, I'm, I've been very critical of him, but I'm the first one to say, like Brozovic, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to admit I'm wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, who do you think came second in that, um, in that uh, vote against Fiorentina? I would reckon either Brozovic or Icardi. Well, you're absolutely right. It's Brozovic, 23.6%, and in third place, uh, Mauro Icardi, 15.8%. Uh, and I just think it's so funny, uh, regarding just briefly about Icardi, the way um, <laughs> the way the way they try to create that. Oh, he's got a gold route, and you know, and the way he, he's so he's too cool for school. The way he handles himself, isn't he? Like he just doesn't let anything phase him. You know, he just keeps saying, "I'm not worried about the goals. They'll come when they come." And then you know, yeah. he, he has a pretty pretty crappy game, but he still scores one goal and gets one assist. So I mean, it's just, this guy, this guy, it just, just becomes a joke, doesn't it? No, no, I, and I liked in the pre-match uh, conference uh, they asked Paletti about uh, Icardi's goal drought, and he's like, "What are you talking about goal drought? He just scored against Tottenham." And they go like, "You just scored an amazing goal against Tottenham." It's like, 
no, no, but we mean in the campeonato, you know, and he's like, what are we talking about? We just played in the Champions League and he scored an amazing <laughs> goal. Like, like, stop trying to manufacture these ridiculous narratives, you know, the guy yeah, scored yeah. goal of the week in the, you know, in the most meaningful of manners, his first goal in the Champions League ever, you know, finally, and still yet you try and fix on some fictitious negative, get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Get the fuck out of here. I think that should be the. I think we will end that segment uh, with uh, with that because I think that's very suitable because it is just bullshit when they try to create a narrative. I mean, he scored the 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 goal of the week according to UEFA in the Champions League, and they talk about a goal drought. But okay, fair enough. But he does look a little bit out of form, and I think he a lot of the players, you know, from the World Cup have looked a little bit out of form, um, and that's only natural, isn't it? Which is what makes this whole uh, run uh, so impressive. I mean, like, we're so far away from being our best selves, and yet we're, like, by pure will and sheer determination and, like, team spirit, pulling out these ridiculous results against the, some of the toughest opposition. Like, it's easy to get fired up against the Juve. It's easy to get fired up for the Derby. It's easy to get fired up against Roma or Napoli. But to be able to find the spirit and the mental wherewithal at home against Fiorentina when you drop a, a, a shitty goal like so many times in the last four, five, six years we've seen the heads drop and like no solutions but even in this poor condition where you know Perisic is far from himself uh, you don't have uh, Versalico playing uh, like you said Icardi's out of form uh, Lautaro's injured and yet, Perisic, guys, Perisic Perisic is complete yeah. I mean, that guy is so tired. I feel sorry for him. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of starting and, and, a go, GoFundMe page, like send Perisic on holiday. He looks so exhausted that, I mean... He and you know, and you know how, like, uh, David Amoyal used to say last year, where Perisic goes, Inter goes, but yeah. that no longer is the case. We have That's the quality to have one of our most talented players, effective players, meaningful players, be completely out of form and, 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 and condition, and yet these crazy results get... You know, not only, you know, it's not like we're, we're, we're trolling the other teams. We're deserving these, these results, you know. So I, I, can't, I couldn't be happier, like you said, you know. So I agree. I agree. And the, the thing is, I think the main reason for that, I think that's a really important uh, point that you raised. I think that for me, the main reason for that is because Spalletti is finally a coach who gets players to raise themselves a level, like with Brozovic, like with D'Ambrosio. You know, he, you know, he, he gets players to raise their level and uh, to raise themselves from the level they are to a higher level. And that's something that we have not seen at Inter since Mourinho, pretty much. And, and that's why we're able to pull out these results this year. And that's why we were able to win matches last year. And the fact that we have a player like Borca Valero on the bench to throw on, who just looks like he's, you know, he, he's dying to play. And with the amount of football that guy has in him, I mean, this is this is looking really, really good. I don't think you know, looking good yeah. as in as in a comfortable top four, top three position, uh, but not you know, not not no scudetto or anything like that. Because to me, it's Napoli, it's a Carletto Allegri showdown uh, for me. The scudetto. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, right. Um, on Saturday, uh, we play. Inter play again uh, at home. Uh, this time, this opposition is not as sexy as Tottenham or Fiorentina. It's, uh, it's, uh, but it's still, uh, it's still a game, and it's still three points, and it needs to be won. As Inter uh, are at home uh, on the night uh, on Saturday uh, against Cagliari in the Serie A at the San Siro, uh, half past eight Central European time kickoff, and uh, Cagliari are a tricky side. Uh, but there is a difference between playing Cagliari in, Sard uh, in Sardinia and playing Ca Cagliari at home. Cagliari in Sardinia, I think, is a very difficult game that anyone can lose. Cagliari away or uh, in your home, that's, that's, that's a completely different ball game. And that's a team that Inter should steamroll, in my, in my, in my opinion. Uh, what do you want to see against Cagliari? You know, honestly, uh, like my hopes for steamrolling are put on uh, standby for the time being. It'd be nice to steamroll them, you know, in terms of a result. But what I what, what I'd like to see more of is, let's say, you know, what we showed in the Parma game until uh, Di Marco scored that goal, you know, which is complete control and bossing of the pace and where the 
and where the ball goes. Of course, effectiveness in the last third, you know, the the, the problem, the, the whole problem of the season so far has been the, the before final touch. You know, that's that's always been, you know, you get the ball to uh, whoever, to Perisic on the wing, to Kandreva, to Brozovic. They get to right before the the, the penalty box to Naigolan. And that last ball to Icardi or to whoever is making the run inside is always just missing that last bit of, I'm not going to say quality, it's, it's missing that last bit of understanding. The guys don't know where to find each other just yet. So what I'd like to see is the same, the same way we've, we approach all these games, which is going out to win, controlling and dominating where the, you know, where and how and at what pace the, the play takes place. And hopefully with, a more uh, effective uh, level of output in front of the opponent's goal. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be sitting down, you know, biting my nails at the, the end of the first half, you know, at nil-nil and hopefully waiting for that goal to come in the 70th minute. A goal in the first half and then a goal in the second. Even if we let in, if, even if we don't come out of the clean sheet, uh, a comfortable, easy 2-1 or 2-0 would be more than satisfactory for me. Um, for me, it's um, obviously the win is the most important thing. But I think what I want to start seeing now, and uh, this is, and, I, and I'm really, really, this is starting to bug me now, is the fact that I've yet to see Inter play good over 90 minutes. It's been for 15 minutes in a second half, or it's been 20 minutes during a first half, or it's been a good full first half. But then it's followed up by a shitty second half. I want to see an interperformance over 90 minutes. And I'm not talking about, when I say performance, I don't mean dominate teams like you said. Uh, you know, we put all that, uh, you know, steamrolling on hope. I want to see a controlled interperformance. I think, you know, what Candreva said after the first half, we've difficult, you know, we struggle to control these games. I agree with his analysis 100%. I want to see Inter control a game from start to finish. Um, uh, against the Cagliari, uh, that, that's what I want to see. Uh, I, w- I want them to start building this, you know, security within themselves. That's yeah. what I well, want to see. That's, that's, I think that's pretty much what I want to say, you know, not in so many words, but yeah, no, I, 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 I think we're both, we're both talking about the same thing, you know, like take ownership of the entire 90 minutes from the beginning to the end, you know, as we did against Parma until that goal got scored without, you know, the problem with Parma was we, we didn't actually score. But, you know, w- without putting ourselves in, in that sort of trouble, but, you know, managing the game, for, like you say, for 90 minutes, dominating and, you know, leaving the field comfortable. Everyone, get, everyone gets up and claps. Thank you, guys. Bravi ragazzi. Ciao, ciao, you know. That's exactly, exactly. That's what I want to see. I want to see a controlled performance. You know, the, 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 the Pazza stuff, yeah, fair enough, but I, I want I want a controlled <laughs> performance. No, but it's like, the Pazza stuff yeah. comes when you least expect it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's part of this <laughs> club's DNA. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it, that, that, that stuff happens regardless, you know. But I, I, what I want to see now is I want to see this project start to play and act like a... N- like a like a big team, like they used to do under Spalletti uh, last season. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to see some stability um, because yeah. then again on Wednesday we're playing PSV Eindhoven, um, and then then uh, you know it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, a Spal on the Sunday, and then it's uh, the Derby. Uh, yeah, it's 14 yeah. days later. So basically, it's three days left until the international break, which God, I think, Inter need, and I'm really looking yes. forward to. <laughs> I think Perisic is counting down the minutes. He's so <laughs> that guy is so exhausted. He's, I think, yeah. oh my God, uh, he looks so tired. Like, and this is a guy that, you know, he's this guy never gets tired, but when he looks tired, you know, he, he looks like, tired. He, yeah. he looks fucking exhausted. He, he looks like he's been on a three uh, three day <laughs> bender. You know, like, he really is. <laughs> he looks like yeah. I do after one day nowadays. You know, <laughs> so old um, age. Yeah, old age, man. No, no, but he looks really, really tired. I, I, I hope for his sake, um, you know, we we get through this period without any injuries, so that guy can, you know, just just take a few days yeah. off. You know? <laughs> take one day off, go with the family, whatever. Spend some time with the family, just relax a little bit because he needs to rest. Um, and and um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I see. Want to see, uh, but if we predict, uh, if we talk about predictions, my uh, for me, I think uh, two nil, 
Uh, I think Icardi has broken his spell, so I think he'll score two against Cagliari. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think uh, two nil uh, is good. Uh, I think I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see uh, someone else score as well. So maybe I'll go for a cheeky three one instead of a two nil, just okay. to say an Icardi brace. Because I agree, if Icardi scores one, he'll score two. And since I want to see someone else, preferably uh, Perisic, just because we're talking about how uh, how tired the guy is, so let's give him a goal to lift up his his spirits. So I think a brace by Icardi and a goal by Perisic. Uh, vintage Inter, Icardi Perisic, and uh, okay. maybe they'll score one on a fast break. Cool. Right. Uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something uh, in the world of football heavily, uh, starting with uh, positivity, uh, which uh, is the word Moratti of the week, which will be presented by Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh my God, he is beautiful! He is beautiful, yeah! Yeah, my Moratti of the Week is something that I spoke about earlier, and that is the, that is the Vecino uh, Ketabalde substitution. For all the same reasons that we spoke about earlier, uh, first of all, it's the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself, but uh, quite briefly, the fact that Spalletti has the faith in the players, he's got the bench, and the players have faith in him, and the fact that you know we're able to have the tactical fluidity and the manpower uh, availability to be able to make such a substitution at that critical point in the game. We we we've harped on the matter so many times. Last year, the guy turns around that he has to throw fucking Eder on the pitch. You know? <laughs> so uh, so so for me, that 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 particular substitution summed up uh, a lot of you know it it, it framed a lot of where we were last year and where we are this year and how far we've come and just, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate everything about that move. So that's my Marathi for the week. Nice one. Um, the, uh, let's move on to something a little much more negative this week's uh, Mochi, which I'll be presenting myself. Unsurprisingly, uh, this week's Moji uh, is uh, awarded to the Lega Calcio for the asinine decision to give Luciano Spalletti a one-match ban, uh, a one-match one-match one touchline ban for celebrating into the camera in the when Brozovic scored the last uh, the winning goal against Sampdoria, which Inter had to appeal. Um, and which, despite anyone with a pair of eyeballs and the actual video of the situation, showing that he was not taunting the fourth official, he was actually celebrating a goal in the 93rd minute, which anyone involved in football, either directly or indirectly, actually does. So despite that, they gave him a one-match one touchline ban, which Inter appealed one, well, duh, but he still had to pay 5,000 5, euros in fine for something he did not do, which is ridiculous. Um, so for no other, no more explanations than that, our dear friends at the Lega Calcio and the Disciplinary Committee get the Moji of the Week. Right. Very well deserved. Uh, yes, they, they always deserve it. Uh, if anything, if history is anything to go by, it's because they've, they've been dealing with Moji too directly as well. But that's another show. That's another show. Right. Let's uh, let's uh, move on to the frog of the week, which uh, Mo and I will be presenting one each, starting with Mo. Yeah, my frog of the week has to be the whole uh, FIFA awards thing. Like, I think uh, I think awards in general are pretty stupid, just uh, in the sense that you know, like. Yeah, it feels like a really silly thing. Who's the best player in the world? Who does it? Ronaldo, Messi, you know. So that 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 whole narrative for a cynical old uh, old dog like me is, is is pretty silly in and of itself. But then they don't do anything to help themselves or or or, or you know like put up a, some semblance of uh, legitimacy, do they? So the uh, you know I, I, I'm Mohammed Salah's biggest fanboy, and uh, even I am going to tell you that. There's no way in hell like that goal deserves the best goal of the season award. 
especially in a season where you've gotten two amazing, you know, backwards kicks from uh, Cristiano and from uh, uh, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale's even being more poetic because it was in the final. So, um, so, so, so that was silly. And then, and then you get Salah, uh, you know, uh, shortlisted in the top three players of the year behind Modric and Cristiano Ronaldo, but un, unusually doesn't get selected in the top 11. And the same goes for Courtois, who's, who was nominated as, as the year's best goalkeeper, but isn't in the starting, the FIFA pro, whatever. And it, the hay, I guess, is not ahead of him. So without going into too much details, I mean, it's just, it's how much more farcical can you be? You know, like trying to appease as many different sponsors and, you know, uh, apparel makers and clubs and just get, get your garbage out of here. You know, like football doesn't need this crap. <laughs> I agree. Um, the uh, for me the frog of the week is this childish infantile uh, the war that is going on between Jose Mourinho and Paul Pogba uh, right now, which is so ridiculous that I don't even know where to begin. Basically, ridiculous. sorry, sorry, ridiculous, absolutely it, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. It's so childish. I don't even know where to begin. But basically. Mourinho made him the vice, the, the vice captain and then removed him from without saying that nothing has happened. But now details are coming out. And according to the Daily Mail, and I'm just saying this is the Daily Mail, the reason for this is, um, Pogba played loud music on the upper floor of the double decker that the, that the, that the, that the, that the team was on. And, the the, the 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 Mourinho and his staff thought that he should have been quiet and focused on the games, um, and therefore Mourinho is unhappy that Pogba has has sorted out has had a private driver and a Rolls Royce pick him up at the airport without driving without driving with the team. According to the Daily Mail, he was picked up from Berlin, was driven to the airport to, to join uh, the French national team after United's win against Turf Moor, whilst the rest of the team went back um, on, uh, on bus. Uh, and therefore, therefore, Mourinho and him are basically at each other's throats and behaving like two six-year-olds. And this is so childish, so I think they're both behaving like two utter frogs. <laughs> right, that was all we had time with uh, time with this week. Uh, my, I'd like to thank Chloe for coming on. Uh, always a great pleasure was to, to talk with her, and it was a great pleasure to have you on, Mo. As always. Oh, uh, indeed, it is always a pleasure. Thanks, man. And until next week, uh, my name is Nima Tavali wishing you all a pleasant week. Three points and sempre e solo forza Inter. Come in,